welcome to C3 Wellington and Hutt City. Need something fresh, real and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get podcast notifications, updates on events, collective groups and a whole lot more. We're so glad you're joining us for a powerful and thought-provoking message from one of our pastors. We would love to hear how God has touched you in your life. Get in touch through our website, c3churchwellington.nz. So, sit back and enjoy this message. We're in week two of In Him, and uh, this is a series all about the promises of God that we can find in Christ. In Him. There are so many promises, and this got inspired by Pastor Phil Pringle's book. It's a devotional book called In Him, and there are 78 uh, In Him promises that he talks about. There's probably more throughout Scripture, but he he does 78 days of devotionals where he takes one Scripture, one verse that says says something about the promise we find in Jesus, and he writes this little devotional that just stirs your heart. Come on, there is so much on offer in Christ. It's like there are so many gifts under the tree that we, we can unpack and they can be ours if we choose. And so uh, last week, as I said, we talked about security in Christ. And today we're talking about boldness in Christ. Boldness in Christ. Come on, we have boldness in Christ. And so I want to pray and then we're going to jump into this. Come on, why don't you lean in with me? Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the worship that has just happened, Father God. Thank you so much for your presence in this place. Father God, I thank that your presence can be in this place, but I thank you that we can carry your presence. Thank you that we can be vessels that you fill. Father, we want you in us. And I thank you not only can we carry you in us, but that there is a way that we can live in you. Father God, I thank you that we can live in the power of the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. We don't have to actuate it, self-actualize it ourselves, but through your Holy Spirit, we can live a victorious and powerful life. We thank you for the promises. We thank you for what was purchased for us. I pray that we would be a church that would grab hold of every promise and walk in them. Father, today I pray that we would receive again a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit and you would put boldness in the hearts and the minds of your people today. Boldness into our hands and feet to go from this boldness to believe that that seat beside them, their family member, their friend, their work, their colleague, their work colleague, they're going to come. Those seats are going to be filled. In Jesus' name, we prophesy over every empty seat in this place with boldness in your people. We will see the, the name of Jesus go forward. We will see the kingdom of God advance and we'll see people come into freedom and knowledge and love of you. In the precious name we pray, we love you, Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done for us. And everybody said, amen. amen. Got a bit of carried away there. Awesome. Come on. Our key verse today is this. It's Ephesians 3, 11 and 12. Ephesians 3, 11 and 12. We're catching ourselves halfway through this amazing statement that Paul is making as he writes to the church in Ephesus. And this is, this, this is where we catch it up in verse 11. It says this, This was according to the eternal purpose that He has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. Come on, can you say, in Him? We have boldness in Him, confidence in Him. This message series is really uh, about continuums. On one hand over here, we have insecurity. And God is calling us up the continuum over here 
to security. We don't need to stay in this place of fear and doubt. We don't need to stay in that place. And we, we might have boldness here. At the other end of the continuum, we have timidity and fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And in Christ, we can have boldness. And my hope, my heart today is that we would move ourselves, or that the, the presence of God, that the call of God pulling us would move us towards the continuum from timidity, from fear, from being afraid, from being uh, shut down to not sharing, to not talking, to not, to not moving in, 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 in mission for Jesus across into boldness, to share your faith and to believe what God can do through you. Do I get an amen? But there are two kinds of boldness. There are two kinds of boldness. There's a boldness that draws us and there's a boldness that sends us. There's a boldness that is relational and there's a boldness that is missional. There's a boldness that is inward and there's a boldness that is outward. Hebrews 4.16 says this, So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. There is a boldness that can be found in Jesus that when you are struggling, when you are in that place of weakness, when you're in that trial, when you've fallen over, you don't have to hide yourself. You see, the great thing about the Gospel of Jesus Christ is that He did what I cannot do. I can't, I am not righteous. I am not perfect. I fail and I fall and I know this about myself. Every bad mistake I've ever made, I've been involved in them all. <laughs> I'm in every single one of them. I'm involved in every bad decision I've ever made. Here's the cool thing. It's not about my perfection, it's about His. It's not about what I've done, it's about what He's done. And everything, everything that I've done is covered by what He's done for me. He's already said, I've chosen you. I've looked down the corridor of time and I've said, you know what? It's worth it. It's the exchange is worth it. In, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 20, it talks about the great exchange. His righteousness for my sin. It's by grace. This is why we love this, thing, this term grace. We want it to be a church that, that is massive on grace. Grace is this undeserved favour, unmerited favour. As we just sung, I couldn't earn it and I don't deserve it but He freely gave it. And so that gives me boldness. That gives me courage that I can put inside of me. I can come to Jesus. There's nothing I need to do. I don't have to hide myself like Adam and Eve. They hid themselves. In their sin and in their mistake, they hid themselves. We don't have to hide. We can come freely with courage and confidence that Jesus was enough and is enough and can cover every mistake I ever made. And in my weakness, I can run. Let me tell you, do you run to Jesus in your weakness? Come on, Jesus wants to move you towards boldness this morning. That inwardly, in your relationship with Him, He wants you to have courage. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to be intimate with Him. He wants you to come into a relationship that's deep and meaningful. And He doesn't want you to stay away from the fire because you think, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh. He wants you to move to the fire and find the warmth of His love. There's a boldness that is inward. A boldness, not in our own ability, our goodness or our perfection, but in Jesus. We can't earn it. We just said that. Our boldness is found in Jesus, not in ourselves. 
Paul says, I, I, I boast all the more of my weakness because when I'm weak, he's strong. There's something about the grace of God in moments of weakness where if we don't have to put our good side forward. We can shine. Jesus shines best through weakness. Isn't that, just, isn't that just such a, ah, oh, I can breathe. I don't have to be on the rat wheel of performance and try and prove myself. You know, I don't have to, you know, play a game of Christianity. He's not calling you into a moral code. He's calling you into a relationship. And that gives us courage. It should fill us with boldness. Boldness to come to Jesus. This church exists to bring people close to God that are far from Him. That continuum, everyone moving close to the heart of God. Finding the freedom that is on offer for every one of us. There is a boldness that pulls us into a relationship with Jesus. Not in what we do, but what He does. But the boldness I really want to focus on today is the other kind of boldness, the missional boldness. Because you see, boldness means, by definition, as we find, we'll find as we travel through the story this morning in Acts, means to speak freely, to speak freely. So I'm going to pick up the story uh, of uh, Peter and John, which we'll find in Acts 4. And I'm going, to, I'm going to summarize what's going on. And then we'll get into some of our key verses this morning. But Peter and John were on there. They were two of Jesus' disciples. Jesus has left. He has entrusted the mission of his church to 11 guys. Two of these 11 guys is named Peter and John. God says, go and wait. Jesus says, go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come and you'll, be, you'll receive power. And boy, did they. And the Holy Spirit came and miraculous things start ha happening. But it's not just the miraculous things that start happening. It's the boldness that they have that builds the church. I'll say it again. It's the boldness they had to speak that built, that pulled people towards the church. We find in Acts 4, uh, these guys are on their way to prayer in the temple and they see a beggar on the side of a fountain. And this beggar has been there for a long time. He's paralyzed and he asks Peter and John for some money. They didn't have any money, but what they had was the Holy Spirit. What they had was time with Jesus. And what they had was this ability to say, no, you guess what I've got for you? I've got something far greater. Come on, the, the, the kingdom of God is not just in word, but in deed. When you spend time in Jesus, when you have boldness to come into the presence of God and come to Jesus, He wants to empower you. He wants to take your ordinary life and make it extraordinary. Do you believe that God is the God of miracles? This man rose up and walked on the command of, of Peter and then they carry on to the temple and they've got this man who's been paralytic for so many years doing cartwheels. <laughs> what a scene, can you imagine it? And of course, this, uh, this guy doing cartwheels pulls a crowd because everyone in that area has seen this man and known him to be paralytic. And all of a sudden he's walking, he's dancing. This is crazy. And so it pulls a crowd. And so guess what? With boldness, they share and they tell people about Jesus. And many people start coming to faith and receiving salvation. Of course, the religious elite of the day did not like this. And so they came and they arrested John and Peter, put them on trial, threw them in prison for the night, put them on trial the next day. And as they're putting these guys on trial, Again, 
Peter and John are filled with boldness to speak about Jesus. And so they did to this crowd, to, to these men, the same men that crucified Jesus. Talk about pressure. The same men that crucified Jesus. Here they are again, two of Jesus' disciples. One of them, Peter, who denied Jesus at the last trial. One of them, Peter, who was timid, who was afraid. All of a sudden, full of the, presence, full of the Holy Spirit, now bold. Wow. All of a sudden, bold. And so this time, he's not denying Jesus, but he's preaching Jesus. And this is what, this is what these religious leaders said in Acts 4 verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognised that they had been with Jesus. When they saw the boldness, they recognised they had been with Jesus. Something happens in the transaction of relationship with Jesus. You don't have to create boldness out of your own, create. you don't have to self-actualise it, but something happens in the presence of God that gives you a confidence. I've got, a, I've got confidence that if I go to work, I'm going to get paid. <laughs> I've got confidence the money's going to go into my account. I've got confidence in a lot of things. Do you have confidence in Jesus? These fishermen turned preachers, these ordinary men, they were, they were not the educated, they were not the elite, they had not gone through the training to be, they, they, they shouldn't even really know the Scriptures that they were saying. These guys were preaching the Old Testament and relating it to the Messiah because they were full of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing what God can do in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. What can He do through you? And so these guys are like preaching up a storm and they got no business. They didn't travel down the educational path. They weren't groomed to be Jewish leaders, yet they had the boldness, this boldness. How could they be both unschooled and so bold? This is what these religious elite were asking. This was absolutely astonishing to the leaders. Because listen, listen to this, boldness is more than a general confidence. Boldness doesn't mean zeal enough just to raise your voice. Boldness is not red-faced passion or the domain of the extrovert. You've got to hear me. Peter and John's boldness was what they had to say about Jesus. Or more specifically, their boldness was in how they were so outspoken about the identity of Jesus. Boldness has to do with speaking. You've got to hear me. It's, it's, it's not about how we speak, but in what we say about Jesus. Even when we presume our hearers won't be happy with it. This is one of the key, key themes of the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Church. This book, of, this book which is descriptive about the church coming from nothing into something, but it's not only descriptive, you're going to find that it's also prescriptive. That, Jesus, that the book of Acts, when Luke wrote it, he's not only just recounting the tales of the church so that we go, wow, that's awesome, but he's, like, he's giving us some prescriptions on how the church ought to be. And one of the things the church ought to be is bold. We're called to be bold. It starts, as I said, Acts starts with the church being birthed out of boldness. 
The Holy Spirit came down in the upper room. All of a sudden, there's this miracle of languages getting spoken. People are gathering, going, what the heck? I can speak my language. I can hear my language. I can hear my language. It's crazy. And, and, and then this, this crowd gathered. But no one was saved on the back of the miracle of, of all these languages. It got their ears pricked up. It brought them to find out what's going on. But you know what? You know that when they got cut to the heart, when Peter spoke with boldness about who Jesus was. When Jesus, when Peter spoke with boldness about who Jesus is, who Jesus was, the identity of Jesus, at that point, the Word of God moved through that boldness and people were cut to the heart, it said. Moved. What shall we do? What shall we do? Repent, be baptised and follow Him. It happened on the back of boldness. The Greek word for boldness is, I'm going to try and get this right, parishia. Parisia. It has five occurrences in the book of Acts. And when the theologian F.F. F. Bruce translate Parisia to mean the freedom of speech. This kind of boldness, the freedom of speech. In Acts 2.29, when we see Peter getting up and declaring to the people that had gathered after hearing that miraculous thing, that this crowd that had gathered, he says in Acts 2, 29, Brothers, I may say to you with confidence. The King James Version says, Men and brethren, let me freely speak. Freely speak. This is the word parishia. This is the word that we get the word boldness from. To freely speak. It's the same word we find in that verse we just talked about in Acts 4, 13, when the Pharisee said, they were astonished by their boldness. They were astonished by their parishia. They were astonished that in this situation, they spoke so freely of this man, Jesus. They spoke so freely about who this man was. And guess what? The book of Acts ends. The very last verse in the book of Acts ends with parishia as well. Acts 28, 30 to 31. He, Paul, lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. The book of Acts is bookended with this call to parishia, this call to boldness, this call to be outspoken about the identity and significance of Jesus Christ. Come on, this is, the, this, is the, this is what the writer Luke is encouraging the church. Who else has the good news? Who else has it? The church is the light of the world. We are. It's not the person standing behind here. This job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You are the church on mission in your context. We're called into boldness. But there's a challenge to boldness, is there not? Do you feel it in this culture, in this generation, in the current climate we find ourselves in? Let me read you this. When tensions are high and Christians are marginalised, our witness can feel increasingly complex. Articulating the person and work of Jesus doesn't appear to answer the questions that confront us the most. People don't want to hear about Jesus. They want to hear what we think about the issues. The issues, that's the temptation. 
a position over a person. If we're not careful, our witness in the world will be shriveled down to just our stance on the next hot topic. That will become our focus. That will be our main conversation we have and the primary object of our energy. Now you gotta hear me clearly. (laughs) There are important questions in our world and our conviction is indispensable. But the the most radical and controversial thing that you'll ever say is Jesus is Lord. There's nothing more radical, nothing more controversial and nothing more important than we the people, we the church have to say that Jesus is who He says He is. This is good news. Come on, we should be very clear and outspoken about who Jesus is and what He has done. What has He done for you? What has He done for me? And this is the boldness to which we are called. Come on, my friend. You are called to be bold, to proclaim all that Jesus has done for you, to tell of the good news. This is the call. This is the call for every one of us. Peter and John, weren't they disciples of Jesus? They spent time with Jesus. Weren't they like the leaders of the church? Oh man, this thing, boldness, spread throughout the church. You've got the food bank guy in chapter eight. His name's Stephen. Solid, manly name. And, uh, his na- and, and, and look, this guy's the food bank guy. He's the deacon, man. He's just like looking after the widows and the orphans with the food. Bank. And he gets taken into, uh, he gets dragged in before the, the religious leaders. And with boldness, he shares the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they, they got so angry with him that he got pulled out and stoned because of it. He was the first person to die for the cause of Christ. He wasn't, a disciple of Jesus. He was, a, convert, he was a, a convert to Christianity. And with boldness and conviction, and on the back of that, the gospel and the, and the church blew up yet again. Pushed it out of Jerusalem. Out to New Zealand. Thank you, Jesus. Who's glad? <laughs> to share the good news of Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. That's our charge. To speak for Jesus. You get to speak for Jesus, to speak of a person, not a position. Look, I just wanna encourage you, speak about the person. Speak of relationship, not just a belief system. This is what we have. We didn't come into boldness in Christ. We see that first kind of boldness, this internal boldness, this relational boldness, this drawing, this wooing, this confidence we have in what He's done for us. And that overflows into another boldness where it gets to our mouths and we speak for Him. This is the call of the church. We get to speak for Him. How do I, how do I get it? <laughs> how do I get this boldness? Well, if we go back to our story in Acts 4, amazingly, Peter and John get released. They couldn't find a charge against them. They said, if we, if we punish these guys, everyone knows that miracle happened. That guy's doing flips down. <laughs> you know, like they, we can see that that guy's been healed and, and a, something amazing's happened. You know, we can't deny that. And they were in this quandary and they said, don't you, we'll let you go if you no longer speak about Jesus. And they said, far be it from us to listen to you rather than God. Still with boldness, they got let go. What's the first thing they did? They went back to the church. They went back to the community. They shared their story and then they prayed. They prayed. 
What do they pray for? Let's have a listen. Acts 4, 29 and 30. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They wanted, they said, look, come on, this is, this is pressure. This society doesn't want to hear it. We're getting marginalised. They want to shut us down. They don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want to know about it. So God, what we need is more boldness to keep speaking, to keep sharing, because I believe the same hope that rescued me wants to rescue them. Come on, look to the seat to your right and to your left. Look to the empty seasons. Just imagine and believe your family here, worshipping and receiving the love of Jesus. Just imagine what's on the other side of your obedience as you step into the boldness that you don't have to create yourself, but you're is wrought by the Holy Spirit. Because listen to this, goes on to say, the whole church prayed and it says, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. Come on, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you with the courage and the confidence to be the mouthpiece for Jesus in your context. We don't have to manufacture it. We don't have to be born with it. It's not a personality trait. It's not for evangelists or extroverts or people that are gifted in that way. It's for the church. <laughs> it's the outworking of the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit desires to make much of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you so that you can shine and show and cheerlead Jesus Christ. The whole church was praying. Come on, the whole church needs to speak. Parisia. We all need to speak with boldness. Psalm 28 one says, The righteous are as bold as a lion. Do you know something? The lion is the apex predator. You're on a continuum of <laughs> timidity to boldness. <laughs> the lion has got nothing to fear. The lion's at the top of the food chain. When the lion lies down, there's nothing coming after it. There's nothing that's going to creep up and have a, have a bite. Nothing would be so ridiculously, you know, well, this is a lion. It will destroy them. There's nothing. It's the top. It's the top. And Jesus, and what this is saying is that in Christ, you can have boldness like that lion, that you can know that there's nothing that can take you down. There's nothing that's against you that you cannot overcome. There's nothing. You've got the confidence in Jesus. All things have been given into Him. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus and He's given it to us so we can move in boldness. Come on, we can be lions in our community. We're not called to be timid Christians, huddling in a corner, hoping that someone might just respond to a Sunday Facebook post and come. Look, we've got these things. I've hit, it, hit one. There it is. We've got these cards. It says, hey, stranger. Uh-uh. Cross that out. Hey, friend. <laughs> and it's got wrong information on the back. But, that's <laughs> but, <laughs> but let's just assume it was correct. <laughs> And look, at the very worst, they're going to get here a half an hour early. So that's all good too, right? Meet me for a coffee at 10. That's what this is all about. You know, look, we've got these cards. Why don't, why don't you just be bold? Why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you on tomorrow morning get up and pray, God, fill me with your boldness. I've got this card. I want you. Who do you want me to give this card to and have a conversation and invite them? Or maybe that's, maybe that's not the step. Maybe the step is a collective. Grab a collective card and say, who do you want me to give this collective card to? Hey, we do this 
cardio and caffeine thing. It's awesome. We run, we hang out, we drink coffee. I'd love for you to come and join us. Why don't you come and, come and hang out? There's the information. Give me, you know, why don't we do that, right? Like, why don't we be the kind of people that have boldness to believe that God's going to do something miraculous over our simple step of obedience? Like, I think we can just think that we're uh, pretty mature Christians. And I just want to just shake that. Like, <laughs> I want to shake myself. When was the last time I shared my faith? When was the last time I was moved to pray for someone and it was kind of awkward, but they said, oh, look, I'm not feeling very well and I'm a, they're not a Christian. I'm like, can I, can I just pray for you? Like I was on a plane flight home, the classic plane flight, right? And I had this awesome chat to this guy, Simon, who's coming to Beavana. He asked me what I did. I told him, we had this awesome chat. But we just chatted. I didn't sort of, you know, didn't take the opportunity. We all need boldness together, right? But come on, like, what are we waiting for? Are we scared of rejection? Jesus was rejected. He was rejected. But guess what? Our acceptance is not on what this person thinks of me. My acceptance is on what Jesus thinks of me. And you, it's the same. So come on. The eight, uh, moving on. 2 Timothy 1.7. I said this already at the start. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Come on, the lion has no fear. Fear is the enemy, is the devil's handiwork. Fear is wrought from the devil. If you're struggling with fear, it's not from God. And God does not want you to have that spirit. He wants you to have one of power and love and a sound mind, self-discipline. He wants you to be moving in freedom, not fear. Come on, Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We are called to be powerful witnesses for Jesus. Powerful witnesses. I've, I've spoken this story many times, but we've got people that have probably never heard it. So I'm going to say it again. There was a singer and his name was, oh my gosh, this escapes my name. It'll come back to me. doesn't matter. Let's call him Bob. And uh, uh, Bob tells a story of how he was a drug dealer living in this apartment complex, a multi-story apartment complex in Sean McDonald. That's his name, not Bob. And so Sean McDonald was living, he was dealing drugs, growing drugs, selling drugs. That was his way of making a living. And in this apartment complex, every Sunday, this guy would come down, knock on Sean's door and say, hey, do you want to come to church with me? And Sean says, no, thanks, mate. Not interested. Next Sunday, donk, 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 do you want to come to church with me? Not interested. This carried on for many times. But this guy had boldness. He kept asking. One moment uh, in Sean's life, his mother had, or a relative had given him a Bible and it's been sitting tucked away. And he just had this moment where he felt he should pull it out and have a read. And he just flipped it open, played Russian roulette with the Bible. Who's played Russian roulette with the Bible? Come on, flip it open and point to it. And like, oh, thank you. That's a word from Jesus. And, uh, but he got one. Well, he, he, he listened. The scripture says that uh, cleanse your house. Basically, I can't remember the exact verse, but like, you need to cleanse your house or else there's going to be calamity and trouble. And he's like, whoa. And he just felt like God was telling him, get rid of the drugs. Get rid of the drug paraphernalia. Cleanse your house. And so he listened. He was obedient. He's like, hey, he got rid of everything. The next day, on the door, and it was the police. They were doing a drug raid on him. Guess what? They found nothing. They found nothing. He couldn't believe it. He dropped to his knees and says, God, you're real. You saved me from a life in prison. And guess what? That guy came down, his neighbour. No, 
knocked on the door. You want to come to church? Sean was dressed, ready to go. Yeah, man, I'm ready. Let's go. Don't worry about rejection. Keep knocking. You never know where people are on in the continuum of finding Jesus. Come on, let's have boldness in this church to believe. Look, this is how, gonna, this is how the Word of God went forward and acts. There was miracles and stuff happening. It was nuts. But they still had to speak with boldness. They still had to tell of the person because we're not coming to some crazy belief system and some magic. Magic doesn't save people. <laughs> we're coming to a person who loves us, who's intimately acquainted with the detail of lives and says, guess what? You're worthy of my blood. You're worthy of my life. And I've got a plan and a purpose for you. Come on, let's get on the track together. We want boldness.